Well, thanks again for joining me on my commute for this Freed Way Thinker edition of the podcast. One of the things I wanted to talk about today is engagements that I've been having over analogies and symbolism and things like that. This is going to be a really quick episode because my thoughts on this are pretty quick. Um, Two things. First, analogies aren't arguments. Analogies are illustrations. They are illustrations of points. They can help draw out and help people understand a certain um, claim or fact in one context by seeing it in another. Or they can see why, in principle, something that they're arguing for is false in another situation, in an analogous situation, uh, and therefore why it might be false in the situation that they're arguing for something. Sorry, I'm being a little bit vague, but I'm trying to make this applicable to a whole host of arguments and discussions, whether you're dealing with, you know, atheists or in-house Christian debates or political debates or whatever it might be. Analogies cannot be used by themselves as arguments. They don't, they don't push forward conclusions. They illustrate uh, certain principles or certain facts or certain relationships between things, but they don't, they don't push Uh, They don't argue for conclusions. So please, stop using analogies as arguments. They're just not. That's not how analogies function. And for your analogy to work, it has to be analogous. (laughs) Uh, The analogy has to be a substantive analogy. The same principle or relationship has to hold between the two. Um, And, by the way, analogies, you can't say an analogy isn't analogous because of some tertiary fact about the analogy doesn't work. Um, For example, um, well, maybe not for example, but one of the things that that happens in debates between Calvinists and non-Calvinists, for example, um, is that um, typically the non-Calvinist will want an analogy to stand on all fours, so to speak. It, w- it will say, um, you know, if you use an analogy about police officers or, or something like that, it'll say, well, the analogy doesn't work because the police officers wear a uniform and the other people in this place don't wear a uniform and that doesn't stand for anything and so on and so forth. Again, that's not how analogies work. They're trying to push an illustration of a certain principle that's in, in, in place or uh, of a certain relationship uh, between concepts uh, that's analogous across the board. The, the, the analogy uh, doesn't have to stand on all fours. Every detail doesn't have to match um, unless you can show that the detail is substantive to the, the, the overlap, to the analogous overlap, um, it becomes irrelevant to the actual point. All right. The second thing that I wanted to, 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 to talk against is when someone says, <clears throat> tries to get away from something by saying, oh, well, that's just a symbol. This happens all the time in, in, in biblical discussions um, between Christians and atheists or between uh, Christian and Christian uh, and so forth. And it can be, you know, it can be on, on, on all sides. I've, I've heard uh, Christians do this against atheists. Um, usually the atheists, uh, I, I, have to, I have to admit, um, just are terrible exegetes. They're terrible interpreting texts. They seem so overly biased to try and, and deny something about the text that they're, they're not actually willing to do any of the, of the good hermeneutical exegetical work that it takes to understand a passage. However, that doesn't mean that a Christian can just come along, wave the magic wand of symbolism over it, and, and avoid whatever the, the objection might be. Right? Symbolism is also not a rejoinder to an objection, right? 
symbolism qua symbolism. You can't just be like, oh, well, that's a symbol, so it doesn't matter. Unless the person's argument is is relying on a a, um, a flat, literal meaning of the passage, um, you, you can't just say, oh, well, it's a symbol, so therefore your argument is false. Unless, again, the argument is just that the passage is literal. Now, the problem with say, waving the magic wand of symbolism over something is that symbols have to mean something, right? I pointed this out in my in my response to um, uh, annihilationism or conditional immortality, or condition, you know, some call it conditionalism. Um, the, a lot of the problems that, that arise from that when they're trying to read passages, uh, such as in Revelation, where it talks about that people will. Uh, you know they're cast into the lake of fire where where they will where they will suffer uh, day and night forever, right? The the eternal conscious torment person is going to come along and say, see eternal conscious torment. The conditionalist is going to come along. He often comes along and goes, oh well, that's a symbol. Okay, that's fine. Um, I actually agree. I think the lake of fire. Um, is a symbol of something. I think day and night is a symbol. I don't think there's actually, um, you know, day and night in hell, for example. I don't think the, the earth and the moon are revolving over hell. Those are symbols. When you say when you say day and night forever, it doesn't mean a literal day and night, but it's a symbol of something. It, but, but what is it a symbol for? You can't just say it's a symbol, therefore it doesn't mean that. Therefore it doesn't mean eternal conscious torment. Well, why? Because the... The symbol has to represent a concrete concept underlying it. It's it's a symbol of something. Well, what is what is symbolic of of torment? How how is it symbolic to say torment day and night forever is symbolic of not torment ever? Right? So so the symbol is symbol is symbolic of the exact opposite of what it's saying. Right? That, that's not how symbols work, right? You don't, you don't present a symbol of someone working and say, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're laboring day and night in the fields, and that's a symbol of them sleeping cozily in their bed. Right? That, that's not how symbols work, right? So you, you can't use the, the magic wand of, of, of symbolic. Uh, just, just use that, wave it over it, and say, well, well that, therefore, that does it. Now, by the way, I, I'm not saying that all conditionalists do that with that passage, for example. I, I'm, I, you know, some, some before the conditionalists get all up in arms, some people have tried to get around that. But I'm saying it's a, it's a common thing um, when when uh, someone uh, like myself who argues for eternal conscious torment comes and is in dialogue with a conditionalist or an annihilationist. This this type of of, of symbolic uh, wand waving happens. Um, it happens when we're dealing uh, with when a Calvinist is dealing with a non-Calvinist. We talk about you know you were you were dead in your sin and trespasses. Oh well, well dead is just a symbol. Uh, great, I agree with you. I think physical death is symbolic of spiritual death. The concrete uh, under the concrete concept underneath it is spiritual death. And there is there is an analog between the two. There there is a correspondence between the two. Being dead physically means no life, no ability, no <clears throat> no no uh, no decision making in, in one way or the other. When you're spiritually dead, it's not it's not <laughs> it's not like the prodigal son who was dead to the father. Right. In no in no way was the was that child dead. That that is 
that is a type of, of symbol that you were dead to me. It was as if you were dead. Right? That's not a symbol. Right? Uh, the, the spiritual death saying you were dead in your sins and trespasses. It's not saying it's as if you were dead in your sins and trespasses. It's saying you were dead in your, in your sins and trespasses. Well, what does that mean? It means that you were without life. You were without eternal life. You were without uh, the, the life of God. You were without the spirit. You were, you were dead. You could do nothing within the spiritual realm. You're not there. You do not exist there. Right? That, that's the idea that goes behind that. Right? So when, you, when, someone, when someone just says, oh, well, that's a symbol. Right? That's not a rejoinder to your objection or that's not an objection to your position. That is the, the, the waving of the magic symbolic wand. Be careful of it. And when someone says that, be willing to press back and say, okay, well, what is the concrete concept that the symbol is identifying? That's where the conversation needs to go. Well, thanks so much. Drive safe and God bless.